The Jays are off today. The uh, several, I believe, the members of the coaching staff uh, will be at the uh, funeral today of uh, Mark Budzinski's daughter, Julia. Um, I think the players chartered home after the game, and the coaches are going to the funeral. I believe is uh, and as always, uh, you know, as, as, as we said, our thoughts are with Mark and his Absolutely. and his family, and um, yeah, we uh, look forward to seeing Mark back here. But we also hope that he and we trust that he'll take as much time as he needs mm. before um, before rejoining the team. I've got a pair of tickets to give away to see the Jays and Royals on Sunday, July 17th at the Rogers Center, which is the final game before the All-Star break. Friday, we asked you, giveaway questions, who was the first Royals pitcher to win the Cy Young Award? The answer was Brett Saberhagen in 1985. Nobody is going to get this trivia question unless they cheat. Nobody. Nobody. I'm going to look on the text line because, again, we're giving you a chance to win Blue Jays tickets all year in Blair and Barker. And what you have to do is you have to text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 59590. You can do it whether you listen on the radio or on the podcast. Uh, we keep taking – well, we basically keep, keep taking answers until somebody decides they want to give out mm. the tickets. Um, nobody's getting this. Today's question, again, is to win tickets to see the Jays and Royals at the Rogers Center on Sunday, July 17th. And I'm going to check the text line over the next hour to see if, if, if anybody jumps in right away with an answer to this. I, I will have known you cheated. Mm. Which Royals player holds the franchise record for most RBI in a season? You're not going to get it. Which Royals player holds the franchise record for most RBI in a season? Text the answer to 59590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Never would have got this one. You told and, me I still couldn't get it. And I, <laughs> well, I, and I was going to say, when, I, when I, my first reaction when I saw the answer was, yeah, I ain't right. <laughs> mm. Anyhow, which Royals player holds the franchise record for most RBI in a season? Text your answer to 59590 for your shot to win. A pair of tickets to see the Jays and Royals on Sunday, July 17th. Let's bring in Bill Ripken, MLB Network Analyst. Mr. Ripken, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. We trust that you're doing well. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in you, though. I expected that you would at least tip us off if uh, you knew that Cal and Eddie Murray and Jim Palmer and everybody else was going to rejoin the Orioles uh, last week and, uh, and, and, and take them on the... To, to the point where they're near a playoff spot. I, I expected a heads up at least. Bill, what the hell happened to the Orioles? What has happened to them? Well, I, I don't know if anything necessarily happened to them yet. Um, look, before this little winning streak, they lost four in a row. So I was, you know, certainly in the Baltimore area, and a lot of people were drinking the black and orange Kool-Aid when they won five in a row. But that that means that they were, you know, five and four in their last nine. <laughs> So I, I do think that they play better at home. Um, there's something going on that the starting pitchers have started to figure some stuff out, and they're starting to give some bullpen uh, a little bit of relief because I, I was floored that the bullpen is like the top five in ERA, but they're also top five in innings pitched. Yeah. And I don't think those two things can run parallel courses throughout the year. So some starters have been getting some outs. 
Adley Rushman looks like the real deal behind home plate. He's starting to figure some things out. And then they got a guy pitching in that might be a little bit different guy every single night. But um, they're winning some ball games. Now they got to go on the road. So let's see what happens there because they do play better at home. I don't think they're quite as good on the road. So if they can keep that thing going on the road, then we can have the conversation again of what happened to the Orioles. Billy, did this speed up the process for them as an organization? You know what? I, I don't know. Uh, you would think that when you're in that plan, how many games did they lose last year? A hundred plus. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't think that you can look at a hundred plus team and all of a sudden say, okay, th- you know, they're on this run. They're going to win 90 this year. I just don't see that math working out. So is this trade deadline kind of approaches I still think that if they were willing to move a piece or two, like a Jorge Lopez, uh, Santander, um, if you're willing to move those a month ago and you're willing to build for the future because you do have something maybe in 2023, 2024, 2025, you know, don't forfeit the opportunity to continue to build. So I don't think that they should change their thought process with this little winning streak. I think you ought to be real. You ought to look in the mirror and say, this is who we are. But I do think they have some prospects on the come. And I do think that 2024 is a real year for them to target to say we're going to be competitive in the East. Bill, obviously the uh, season has not gone the way the Blue Jays thought it would go, the way a lot of fans and a lot of observers uh, thought it would go. When you have high expectations and – the team doesn't live up to it. A lot of times the natural tendency is to start to, to go beyond saying we need a little bit of this to make it better. We need a little bit of that. Maybe this, you know, we can add something here to make this better. It kind of, sometimes it goes beyond that. The people start looking, people start looking at the guts of the team, right? They start talking about the manager. They start talking about some of the core players who are maybe, you know, a guy like Teoscar Hernandez, for example, who aren't signed to long-term contracts, who are approaching uh, a time where free agency will be a conversation for them. What's the danger, do you think, for a general manager looking at a team that is underachieving? And, 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 and how do they go about not reading too much into what they're seeing? All right, so that's very interesting because we just finished up on the Orioles talking about what they might do at the deadline. And I think Toronto needs to look in the mirror and be real and say, who, do you, who are we? Are, are we good enough to get through this and push the envelope? Look, uh, I picked the Toronto Blue Jays to win the World Series at the beginning of the year. I like what they did last year. I like the big jump. I like the fact that they played competitive games. They missed the playoffs by one game. Um, I liked what I saw uh, out of that group. And I'm not willing to just throw that away yet as a prognosticator, you know, sitting up here in New Jersey, getting ready to go on the air at the network. So, if you're in a situation, look, we can all need a little help. Everybody can make a little push at the trade deadline, but I think you run a risk sometimes if you do make a move that's big, what does that do to the clubhouse? If you don't make a move, what does that do to the clubhouse? So those are real questions that I think all general managers are faced coming this trade deadline, but I still like the Blue Jays. Look, the 162, it's a long campaign, and yes, they're on a little skid, but look down in Tampa. They're on a little skid, too. So part of the reason that people are excited about the Orioles and talking about the Orioles might be because the Blue Jays and the Rays have both kind of hit this little skid and underperformed. So 
I'm not one that makes too many knee-jerk reactions, although some people think I am. But I, I like to sit back and really look at the baseball season as 162, and I'm not willing to throw in the towel on the Blue Jays yet because I think the talent is there. Bill, have you ever been on teams that sort of like where the Blue Jays are at where, you know, the expectations coming into the season were as high as they were and then sort of coming around the trade deadline, they're limping into it and your, your GM has to make a move one way or the other. Did that? Have you ever been around a situation where the GM's actually trying to get the feel of the room from like veteran guys? Now, he's not going to walk up to a young guy and ask, you know, how's it going, what's happening, how you feeling? But there would be conversations. Do you, do you think that takes place? Has it ever taken place on teams that you've been through? And should it, you think, with the Blue Jays and Ross Atkins? You know, Look, I don't remember anything directly. I think a couple of teams I was on in Texas, uh, I think we were over-evaluated at times and maybe put too much expectations on ourselves because I, I was on the internal side of that looking, I don't see how we're favored to win the West right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in, in Ross Atkins' case, I, I think that you have to have a, a decent vibe of what's going on. And I'm okay with talking to some young players, you know, to get how you're feeling and and how you're doing, because I think the day and age has changed a little bit, but one thing that should never go away is the communication. And I think if you're part of that group and you're part of that group for the future, there should be conversations that go on there, you know, and and, and you deal with, but it's just one of those things They hit a little bit of a skid when the Orioles got hot. And that never looks quite right when you got a team that's a couple games under 500 in Baltimore, and people are talking about them being just a couple games out of the wild card mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I refuse to talk about anybody under 500 in a wild card mix because I still think baseball is not the NHL and the NBA where you can get a sub 500 team in the playoffs at the end of the day. But I, I do like that group, and I'm okay with the conversation swirling. We got one deadline you know, approaching, right? So you got one chance at making this right if you're going to make an improvement. And I think more communication is better than none. How about a, a up and down year from Vladdy? Do you think that has a little bit to do with the, the confusion of really, now nah, I'm not going to speak for Ross because I have no idea and, and probably most people don't on what he thinks about his team. But you would think coming into this season, a lot would be determined on Vladdy's season, right? He has to have that back-to-back, just off-the-chart season where he's the man. He's carrying the team, and then everything will, come in, will fall into place. You think that has a little something to do with it? It could be, and and look, this is just a reminder that this game's pretty hard. Um, look at mm-hmm. look at the little skid that Mike Trout's in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not much attractive about that going on. And look, I don't think we're going to debate that Mike Trout's been the best player in the game for the past uh, ten years. Um, now he's got a teammate in Shohei Otani that's probably going to win MVP year over year just because he does two things and nobody else seems to do. Um, but that's a whole nother story. But it, it just does go show, to show you because Vladdy's got all the offensive, you know, prowess in the world. He's selective at home plate. He's big. He's strong. He knows how to hit with men in, in like second base with two outs. He's not trying to hit one 530 feet for a two run bomb. He's trying to hit a lousy base hit to right center for, for a ribby. But I, I love everything about Vladdy as a player, but this game is hard. And we forget how young that he really is. Even though he's got experience, I think he's still young in the game sense. 
And we are going to see in the next few years where Vladdy throws out a monster year and then follows it up with a monster year. And then, by the way, he's going to follow that up with another monster year. So we got to give him a little bit of time. Um, and I know it's unfair sometimes because he is so good, and that's why we probably put all those expect- expectations on him that we do. Do you have any idea how a guy's glove explodes twice Great question. in the first half of a season the way Vladdy's did yesterday and earlier this year? I, I've not... I, Barker's played first base. He doesn't. He doesn't remember his nope. glove exploding. I. I mean, I. I'm. I can't remember seeing it. And I watched a lot of baseball, and I covered a lot of baseball, you know, back in the days when you know gloves weren't what they are now. I guess. But Bill, how the hell does does Vladdy Guerrero Jr. have two balls go through the webbing in his glove in the first half? No, of the I, year? Was, I was. I was on the air last night. And we had an hour show on the Sunday show up here at the network. And I said, Adam, my guy in research, I said, can you find the date when his glove blew up last time? Because I know it happened this year. Mm-hmm. And he gets back to me, goes, found the note on it. It was an 11-1 victory game, I believe, at that point in time. Yeah. And it seemed to be a little bit of a, uh, a point of, oh, this is just a joke. Uh, last night's wasn't a joke. Um, and no, I cannot remember a player's glove breaking twice in a year. And, you know, the realness of that is more so in the effect of what happened last night and how the inning got extended. And the next thing you know, we end up losing the game. So uh, I don't know why it happened or how it happened, but I have never seen uh, a guy go through two in a scenario like that. I've seen first basemen get a ball that – you know, wedges through the webbing. I've seen a strings break. But if that happened to me one time, I'd be darn sure that that wouldn't happen to me again because that, that's that's your Ernie. That's your mm-hmm. error. Um, and it did not help the team in last night's cause. So I'd, I'd look into that a little bit harder. And I, if it were me that happened once, it wouldn't happen to me again. I'll be damn sure to tell you that if it mm-hmm. happened to me twice, you could bank on the rest of my career. My glove would never break again. Bill, this is an American League question. The, the two behemoths at the top of the American League and the Astros and the Yankees, in your mind, who do you think has to do the most at the trade deadline to give them the better chance of winning the World Series? Wow, that is such a good one to win the World Series. Yeah, because it's about that um, now. You know what? In order to win the World Series, and let's face it, if you're the New York Yankees, you go back to Jeter's days, Derek Jeter is the one that would say, if we didn't win the World Series, this was a disappointing year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody ever comes to the forefront and says that anymore. <laughs> but if you're the New York Yankees and you have not won one in a while, I think all the pressure in the world is on them to do so. Um, if I'm thinking about the Houston Astros and what they bring to the table, they might have the matchup capability on the bump to go after the New York Yankees. So dare I say the New York Yankees have to do something to tweak uh, maybe their rotation and go get something. Um, I wasn't totally prepared for the Yankee question today, (laughs) but that's a good one. And I might lean that the the Yankees have to do something compared to the Houston Astros to win the whole thing. Billy, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Great stuff. Thank you. All right, boys, you guys will get through this, kid. Hang in there. Oh, we will. Take care. Thanks a lot. All right. That's Bill Ripken as, uh, uh, of the MLB Network. And, again, um, yeah, that, that's just the, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to harp on the glove thing, but it's just so damn odd.
I, I can't remember a time. So odd. I, I, I can while, while I was listening to Bill talk, I can remember a time that I used the the same glove two or three years in a row, and I think one time it broke in spring training. But I was in the minor leagues on on field ten. Nobody cared, right? So I, it was just because I'd used the same glove for three or four years in a row, and they get real floppy because you just use them so much, and and you know it rained and they dry, and it rained and it dry, and I use it in winter ball, so I used it a ton, and I knew why it had. It, it, it had snapped or whatever the case was. I'd just never seen a glove like this. At, at, it, no matter you know what company he's using or the color of the glove, that's a big deal. Like I, like that's a big deal because now if you're the if you're the thrower, you're having, some, you're having some doubts about you know. Oh, I don't know. And, and now, Vlad, and now, Vladdy, because I, I went through a little bit of time where, you know, I, I can remember I, I'd catch a ball in the palm, it hurt my hand, and I'd want to catch it in the webbing now. Like, you start thinking about you move your hand, you place your glove in a certain spot. You got to think now that Vladdy's thinking about that. Like, big situations, how do I catch it? What That's, position do I put myself in? It's going to be a thought. It uh, has such to be a, a thought. It's such a mental game, and so, much of, it is, so much of it is repetition that, uh, yeah, I... It's just bizarre. Like it, it's just it's just strange. It's crazy. When a young guy comes out from behind the plate and makes a good throw on a, in a big situation, it makes you think about you know the next time he throws it to Vladdy. I, I probably won't happen because you know they're they're kids and they have short term memories. But you're, if you're Vladdy, you're thinking to yourself, man, a big situation, runner on third in the seventh or eighth inning. I may think about where I'm catching the baseball. Is it time to uh, send Moreno back to AAA? When Danny gets back. I'm sure Danny's coming back tom- tomorrow. Yeah, I don't think – Moreno, this is good for him. I'm not sure it's good for the team because of what they were going through and the guys he was catching and how big every uh, the button that he was pushing was – I mean, you know, and, and the shaking and all the stuff that goes through getting guys through parts of games, especially big-time situations on the road. Like, these are big moments. To ask a kid to come up and do that when he's never done it, so it's not fair to even say and put it on him. He's got a lot of learning to do. And offensively, I have no idea what he is. Can you get the head out? I don't know. Can do it in batting practice? I could do it in BP. Can he get the head out? That's my question. You're the number one prospect in an organization. You should be able to get the head out. Not inside and out, two-strike pitch to right field, 17 hopper to the right fielder. Get the head out. Are you surprised we haven't seen more power? Like, not it, really. Okay. Just by looking at stats. Now, I'm not going to come on here and say that I watched him every single day offensively. No, he had one home run in, in, in AAA. But not just a lot. swing, not size. A it's not a big kid. That, but baseball, that's, that's the beauty of baseball. It's not always about how big you are. At A to B, can you get it down? Can you be aggressive? Can you hunt heater? Can you velocity? Can you do something with velocity out in front of the plate? And right now, now again, this is not fair to say because consistently he didn't. He wasn't playing four or five days in a row. Which how would it look if he did? That's because you know the other catcher that you had is you got you got to maneuver. <laughs> It's a nice mm-hmm. way to say it. Maneuver his playing time. You got to figure out ways to keep him on the field, and that's going to hurt the young kid to give him playing time. And I just didn't see him get the head out, which is odd. Twenty-two year old should be able to get the head out. Be early on a breaking ball. Just be over swinging on something out in front. Do you see that? He's got that hitch in his swing. That's a thing. He's got he's got some corrections to do. He's got some room for improvement. 
Do you like the pop times everybody's in love with? Absolutely. But will that be the reason why he's your everyday catcher? Catcher? Absolutely not. So he'll have some things to go down and work on. And but the the talent, the athleticism, you can tell it's there. You can see that, right? You can't teach a kid athleticism. He's either got it or he don't. He's got it. He makes a lot of he makes a lot of very quick plays. He does. Now a lot of that you can say he's twenty two years old. You were quick when you were twenty two, weren't you? Mm. You were spry running all over the field, mm. kicking that ball in the back of the net. Yeah. Talking poo, right? Got <laughs> you. That was what you were doing, uh, Because you were twenty-two, so you let's know, just say I, I knew where. To let's that, just but. say I knew where to pass the ball. That would be the best way to put it. I was not. A, I did not need the ball at my feet. As to be much good. As, as much as you have to have baseball IQ, the mental part of the game, right now for me, is just not there yet. So yeah, he could he could go down there and play him every single day. Every day he can play behind the plate. Play him every day. Seven game series. Houston versus the Yankees, the way they're currently constituted, the way both teams are currently constituted. Who has the edge? Can that, can the Astros get an extra power arm in the bullpen so Presley don't have to pitch every ninth inning? Yeah. If they do, I'm taking the Astros. If they don't, boy, there is a lot of pressure on. The, the Yankees have weaknesses too. Their, their, their rotation – How's Garrett Cole going to look in the playoffs? Yeah. It's the Yankees, man. It's different pitching for the Astros. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but it is. It's the Yankees. Yeah, and there I, I, is without so, question. He's earning his $300 million October. The thing that, I'm, the thing that I, I wonder about with these two teams, uh, with, with their huge leads, is, and I'm not talking about, you know, challenging the Seattle Mariners season record. I mean, I think the Yankees care about that. Care. But I don't know if, we will have seen in recent years two teams as good as these two teams that could be so well-rested. You look at those two teams. They could theoretically start load-managing guys the end of August. Baseball, that's not a good thing. Can can in basketball, if you you miss a game, can you you throw off your jump shot that much that it's going to hinder you from being what you were a, a day ago? But if you miss a day or two because of load management offensively and timing and facing hard throwers and laying off a strike-to-ball secondary pitch and doing everything that you have to do this fast twitch on a baseball field. I'm not I'm thinking in particular, though, sure. about... You've got to be careful about that. I'm thinking in particular about pitching, though. Well, maybe you can ease off Garrett Cole a little bit. I'm not sure that's what's best for him. Give him the ball every five days, and, and he'll take you where... He's a workhorse. You give him that much money for a reason. So you don't have to worry about maneuvering him around in September. You worry about everybody else. You don't worry about Garrett Cole. Again, this there's fine lines here, man. Every time everybody talks about all these load managements, there's certain people that you don't have a choice to do it with. And then there's people like Bo Bichette. I keep coming back to that. It's, Why is Bo Bichette the only guy that doesn't have to have load management? It is remarkable. And plays the the the, the quarterback position on a baseball field. Why? And does every, I, why is that? Because he's a more limber than everybody else. And, uh, well, it, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. And, and, and everything he does is a, is a, is at a hundred and twenty miles it an is, hour. It's like his hair is on fire. Yeah, it it is an it's an interesting it's an interesting question. Either he, I, I either he is just a a phenomenal a phenomenal athlete, or they're too scared to approach him about taking taking a day off. I don't know. It it is a great well, question. I hope it's though. not the latter. 
It's a great question. I hope it's not the latter because, again, there has to be a, a little of that. You work for us. It's not the other way around. I know, but it's, there has to be that. It is different that that he seems to be. Um, he seems to be impervious to a lot of the a lot of the rules, playing time rules that apply to other players. Maybe he is just such. A, I mean, he is a phenomenal. You look at the guy. Very I mean, it's it, it's there isn't. You know, he's. There's not too much muscle. There's not too little muscle. It's it's just it is a good. It's like a tennis player's. But you could tell the guy played tennis. It's like a tennis player. And I really body. hate to, and I really hate to say this because you're not real sure about this because you don't see these guys 24 hours a day. But he does look like the hardest worker on the team. He wants to be the man by example. Go to a, go to an early work and watch. Who's the first one out there? Yeah. Go go to on the field taking ground balls. He knows his weakness. And for the one guy that always just sort of picks at his weakness and tries to maintain his strength. Bo Bichette. I just don't know how how, how, – it's hard for me to say that because I don't see the other guys, but I know who I do see, and I know who you see, Uh, and I know who Dan Shulman (laughs) sees, and and Pat Tabler, Hazel May. Name a person that covers this team. It's always the same person, no matter where they're at, no matter what the time of the game was, no matter if he fouled him off his shin or his ankle. I mean, something to that. Like, there's there's guys that want to say, there's one thing in saying it to people. There's another thing in doing it for people. He just seems like he's the guy. We have opened, or my DMs, I should say, have been open all along for Barker's back leg bits. Not surprising, given what happened this weekend. We have a lot of... A lot of questions for Kevin, both on the text line. 590-590 is a text line. Please include your name and location. And in my DMs as well. Okay, yes, wanna, Mr. Barker. I want to say this. We, 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 we don't say this enough. We have great fans listening to this show. And we do not say this enough. And I know I speak for you, too. We really appreciate all the listeners and the, and the feedback and the conversations. We're a baseball family here. Like it's, we appreciate that, and we don't say it enough. And I thought I would when you were reading that out, and we don't say that enough. And now you make we, me we feel bad. Some, we have some really good conversations with with viewers, and we appreciate you for yeah, that. We really do. And uh, again, wherever you are across the country, five ninety five ninety is the text line. If you're watching on TV on three sixty, you can reach out uh, to us at five ninety five ninety. So Barker's back leg bits, the extended version. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So it's kind of a cool story before you get the Barkers back like bits. <clears throat> Jeff Passon of ESPN reporting that Atlanta and Kansas City have made a trade. The Braves and the Royals have made a trade. Um, centerfield prospect Drew Waters, who's kind of been, I guess, well, I mean, the Braves have, have a lot of prospects. Uh, centerfield prospect Drew Waters, right-handed pitching prospect Andrew Hoffman, and C.J. Alexander, a uh, minor leaguer, were traded to the Royals for the 35th pick in Sunday's 
draft. You, you can't trade draft picks in Major League Baseball, right? Well, no, actually you can. Um, essentially what the Royals have done is they have sent the Braves $2.2 million to use in the draft because the 35th pick has a $2.2 million slot value. So before this trade, the Braves had the 19th highest bonus pool for the draft. The $2.2 million added for the 35th pick moves them up to 10th in overall draft, giving in overall money, giving them $10.2 million. The Orioles have the most at 16.9, followed by the Diamondbacks and the Mets. The 35th pick overall was tradable because it is a competitive balance round pick given annually to small market and low revenue teams. Detroit made a trade earlier, uh, dealing its competitive balance pick to the Rays in a package with Isaac Paredes for Austin Meadows earlier this year. So there you go. It's just interesting that teams, you can trade competitive balance picks because for the longest time, <clears throat> for the longest time, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't trade draft picks in baseball. I guess that's pretty cool. Yeah, that looks sounds like Kansas City would rather have bodies than and money. This, absolutely. Um, let's talk about the All Star Game as well. We mentioned Alejandro Kirk, Vladdy Jr. They have been voted on for the American League team. Jose Altuve, Rafael Devers, Tim Anderson, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Giancarlo Stanton, Shohei Otani are the other American League starters. Wilson Contreras, Paul Goldschmidt, Jazz Chisholm, Manny Machado. Trey Turner, Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, Jock Peterson are the National League starters. Bryce Harper elected as well. He will not go, obviously, because of his injury. I gave the little fist pump for Jazz Chisholm because mm-hmm. more than any more than any player other than Alec Manoa, I'm looking forward to seeing Alec Manoa at the All-Star game because I just want to – I love seeing that dude in the spotlight. I'm really pumped to see Jazz Chisholm. I think he's just so much fun to watch. Mm. Uh, any snubs, by the way? Now, George Springer uh, made the team as an, Amer- uh, an American League team as a reserve. We don't know yet if Springer will play in that game. As we said, a lot of guys aren't going to play. Jordan Alvarez made the team. He's not playing. A lot of guys are going are gonna to miss the game. But any snubs that, that stand out to you? The first guy I thought of, and we understand that every team has to have at least one representative and there's only a certain number of spots. You know, the, the first thing I thought of was Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox. Now, maybe he'll make it because maybe some American League pitcher won't go. Dylan Cease should be in the all-star team for me. And you mentioned Austin Riley on there? Austin Riley's not on it. Now, okay, Manny Machado and Nolan, Nolan Arenado. That's a, pretty tough, that's a pretty tough group to break through. Like, those are the two, the two third basemen going. That was the name I thought of. Austin Riley. Austin Riley. But Dylan Cease of the White Sox to me is, again, this is all, you know, with the, as we said, it's hard because every team has to have a, every team has to have a representative uh, to it. But there's nobody, uh, there's nobody, you know, I, I know there are some folks out there thinking, well, maybe Jordan, Jordan Romano, Jordan Romano to me lost his all-star spot when he pitched like eight times in June. Mm. Um, if he, if he ever was in contention, uh, you know, and Bo Bichette, Bo Bichette would be the one position player I might be a little surprised about because of the because of the player vote. But I look, the Jays are getting four players, so um, you know what else is going to be cool? Another guy I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing. I hope we get to see Emmanuel Classic. Hope we get to see Emmanuel Classic. I wish we saw Alejandro Kirk in a home run derby. 
going. I don't back want leg city, dude. The way these things are going, I don't want any Blue Jay near any home run. Derby, you don't think Derby, so? The way things are going this year, no. Might do Vladdy some good if he was in it. I know he's injured with the wrist and whatever. I yeah. guess it's injured. You know what time it is? It's time for Barker's back leg bits. I don't know who he was praying to, but Barker's like, get up, get out of here. And the guy's right at the fence. Like, I got this one, you know? The umpires would throw the balls out. Like, hey, Barker's up. Bring in the six balls. We need the dead ones. Bring in the dead ones. Rude. There are several people that have said they don't understand what Sean Casey is saying at the start of that clip. Well, most people don't. It's the beauty of Sean Casey. (laughs) Anyhow, Barker's back leg bits at that point of the show. <laughs> I love kids. where we. I can say that. Yes, you can. Yes, that I point, can. that that part of the show where we let you, the listeners and the viewers, ask questions of Kevin Barker, and uh, I'm supposed to just kind of stand aside, but you sometimes I jump in. I never do. Well, you always jump in. We got a ton of questions. Fire Charlie. Uh, we got a ton of Fire Charlie questions. Ian Fraser. We need to stop the Fire Charlie stuff. If you're only given double-edged swords, you're going to stab yourself. So the guy said, is and this... you read it. Yeah, well, yeah. Is, it, <laughs> I, is this front office bold enough to build a winner? I just see Atlanta making more and more trades. I'm not sure this front office is able to push to make a team better than mediocre. I miss Alex, Ian, in Toronto. Here's the thing. I... Here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing, Ian. First of all, the one thing about Ross Atkins is... Well, first of all, the one thing about this ownership is they've spent money. They they are not afraid to spend money. I, I mentioned this. Uh, you know, Ross Atkins, look at some of the moves Ross Atkins has made. Taiwan Walker, Robbie Ray, uh, you know, Jose Barrios last year. And I still think that's going to turn out to be one of the best deals the Blue Jays have ever made. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the the way he, he addressed his bullpen issues, the bullpen issues last year. Um, I yeah, adapt I, and conquer, Jeff. That's what it's all about. And r- right now, you you have a big weakness that needs to be fixed. I, I, a lot of people can spend a, a lot of rich people's money. I think that's sort of the deal. It'd be just interesting again to to see where he thinks his team's at, and do they think they can make a run against the two big teams in the American League? That's the big question: is how how do they think they match up against the Astros and the Yankees? Uh, Mike Mike in Edmonton. Hey, Kevin and Jeff, there's a lot of Twitter rage to fire Charlie, but I disagree. However, does Ross Atkins deserve criticism for the roster? There's not much depth. I feel like we're way too close to seeing Joe Biagini open for Derek Holland. Mike and Edmonton, I don't know if we'll go that far, but we talked about this. Look, it's, uh, I mean, Mark Shapiro said in the offseason, we missed the playoffs by one game. We're going to be losing some players this offseason. We expect to make the playoffs next year. I mean, that, that's that's basically what he said. So right now, there's a little blame to go around for everybody, I think. And now you got you got still got some time to make up for it. And here's here here's the thing, though, Kevin. There's a lot of blame to go around for everybody, but at this point, there's really only one guy who can fix it. who can fix it. Oh, well, I, I, that's that's and that's the GM. Uh, that there's still players that, that that go out and play every single day, and they, and they still got a good lineup. They still have ta- a talented lineup that could make it a little easier for other places to be filled in to give that a little bit of time. I still think that they, if they had some better at-bats more consistently, and I know they've had a better June and July, but there is some guys that need to do better than than they're doing now, which would make it a little easier. But I'm with you. The obvious fixes are right in front of the front office. We'll see if they want to make them or not. Yeah, it's, uh, it is pretty obvious, isn't it? 
There's no question. This is pretty obvious. Um, Offseason, they, they, they need a legitimate, maybe two left-handed bats, too. One to hit second and one to hit wherever. Yeah. That's just me. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, text line. Hey, Bill and Barry, Joe Madden will be the new Jays manager soon. I think not. I don't, I don't think so either. Uh, Bud Black would have a better chance of that happening. David from Loretto, why couldn't the Jays begin working Romano in more innings as a true reliever versus the one inning on average he pitches with too many days off in between? I'm not sure they can. Or they'd have done it Bingo. already. I, I, I so, think that's... So, so the question you have to ask yourself as a true baseball fan, forget about the Blue Jays. If you've got a weapon in the bullpen, you're not going to use it? I mean, that's silly to, for us to sit around and think that the, the only inning that he seems to be able to pitch is the ninth inning. And Charlie and Pete Walker, who have all of these stats, would love to pitch him occasionally, not all the time, and maybe the eighth inning with the top of the order coming up. Or maybe the seventh inning when you have to. not saying all the time. It's not perfect scenario because you don't have other guys around him and you think the ninth inning is the biggest inning because you got to have that stopper. You don't think they would want to occasionally pitch him in the seventh inning, eighth inning if they could? I just don't think right now they can. Predictably, we have a couple of people on uh, the text line who are are weighing in about, and this this seems to always pop up. Uh, are weighing in David and Mississauga, one of them, weighing in about the home run jacket and the dugout, and talking about how, um, you know, maybe well, we all know about the TV shots of the Blue Jays dugout, and you know how how happy, go lucky everything was when the team was winning. A lot of people are asking about, uh, are asking that question about, you know, the home run jacket and the, and, and the Jays dugout and, and is there, does the team need to be more professional and, th- and things of that nature? Um, like, da- like David and Mississauga, for example. What do you, like, we, it, 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 it seems to me, I made this point about the home run jacket, and it still sticks in people's mind. People are saying, why you do this when you're losing? And I kind of made the point that it's one of those things, when you start doing it, like... Don't every, be a front runner. No, everybody does. I mean, the, the Angels suck. They're still putting on the cowboy hat the as Yankees far as don't. I know. They do the jump thing with the forearm shiver. Yeah. They do that. They're, I don't I don't think, as far as I know, they don't wear a prop or... They, no. don't get ton- they don't get tunneled through the dugout on a, in a clothing cart. <laughs> clothing they don't cart. do any of that, or they don't wear something. So I, th- I think the Yankees are a little different. Did the Astros do anything? The, I don't pay enough attention the to Yankees the Yankees used to, I think at one point the, Yankee, the Yankees did a thing in the clubhouse where they had like a... Yeah, but it's not seen. Uh, no, no. It was like a belt or some sort of thing. Yeah, I think the Blue Jays do like a lighting that. show when they win yeah. games in the, in the dugout where no, or in the clubhouse where nobody can but see. But it is. But it's, it's funny how fans are... are you know, it's okay when they're going well, they're winning 10 games in a row. But when they're not, you don't, you just don't want them do, to do anything. I just don't think as a, as a, as a bunch of young people that they're, that they're going to allow it to be that way. You've got so many different personalities. I don't think Bo's a big fan of it. I'm not sure. No, it sure looked. Yeah, we saw the camera shot yesterday. Now, Bo hits that home run yesterday, and they cut away to show all the stuff. But when they come back to the dugout, Gabriel Moreno – who was out there with him for the jacket. He's still holding the jacket, and Bo's walking back down the dugout without the jacket on. Now, I don't know if Bo 
you know, maybe Bo just kind of thought, Jesus, we're, you know, we're, we've lost three games in a row. We're like, we've lost to Oakland. We're getting our ass handed to us by Seattle. Yeah, I think he I, was taking it a month like, and a half ago. Yeah, I think Bo's kind of like, you know, maybe I'm not going to put the freaking jacket on. I don't I know. I think that's a very individual thing. It is. I wouldn't oh, read I, too it, much into that. I, I just don't, I, I'm, I don't pay any attention to that. I'd rather see graded bats. I'd rather see throwing strike one with multiple pitches. I'd rather see better with two strikes, having put away pitches. Don't give up two-run homers on an 0-2 pitch that's elevated 88. I'd rather see better pitches when it comes to that. I don't really care about the jacket. But, again, this is when fans see it, for whatever reason, a lot of fans don't like it. And and I, I just – I'm in the camp. I don't care. It's not me. I don't care what they do. Don't don't. I think sometimes you got to let your team be what your team wants to be, as long as they're doing it the right way and they're not showing up anybody. Yeah, they I, don't show up the other team by wearing the jacket. No, that's so that the, for me that's is, the way I look at that it. That for me is whatever. If Bo doesn't want to wear the jacket occasionally because he's chapped, Bo shouldn't have to wear the jacket. Uh, this is from Eric in uh, Brantford, longtime listener, and uh, I've, actually, I've actually met Eric a couple of times at the ballpark, so it's good to hear from him Hi, again. Eric. This is an interesting question. It's kind of because, I mean, we've had all the, you know, it was such a bad road trip. But this is more a kind of more a personal question. If you were a first base prospect in the Jays system today, Kevin, what mindset would you need to have knowing the guy in front of you, Vladdy, is entrenched at the MLB level for years to come? Would you not think of how... Would you not think of how to get to the big leagues? Would you hope you're getting traded? I'm just wondering about the mental aspect of that part of the First game. First of all, I'd love to be a prospect now. Be able to hit 220 and a bunch of homers and be the top prospect in an organization. Man, I'd have been good at that, boy. Because I could have figured out ways to go back Lake City three times or four times a week. I look, I, I think when you're a certain age and you're one of the guys in your organization, you don't try to overthink it. And, and and that's I think is what the the sort of the the you know the how they f- make up the room and the coaches that they put around the top prospects is is that's what they try and do is they just don't overthink it and I don't the mindset again this these are very individual things all right it's like we, we talk about Marino going down Mar- Marino came to the big league level he should be whenever he goes down and he'll go down whenever he goes down. He should know what he needs to work on. There's no question now. Like, there's, this should tell him specific things that he needs to work on that will make him that much better. Where when he comes back, he ain't going down again because they'll not, they'll not give him any reason to go down. There used to be a thing. I, 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 I can remember back covering the Expos. It was nothing to see a prospect come up and go down and come up. It seems now that when a prospect come, gets sent down, there's more drama to it. You know, like, I know your situation, and your situation was different with Milwaukee because you were unfairly blamed for a crap I don't start. know about that. I, I, well, look, they you, didn't do me any favors. Yeah, let's I put it that full, way. I take full credit for okay. my career, and I won't blame anybody. anybody. But, but, but I, it was. But you know what I mean? It, 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 it never used to be that big a deal. Now it seems as if it's a big deal if a top prospect comes up and goes down. Well, that, Should that, it be? Well, top, Should it be? Top, what's your definition of a top prospect? I think I think organizations look at top, top prospects way differently. When I played, it was about numbers. You've got to put up numbers. 
Cecil Cooper was the minor league coordinator or whatever I was, the first guy that called me up. And the only reason he called me up is because I have a bunch of homers in AAA. He knew I was ready because I put up numbers. And Marino hit a homer in AAA. I know that's not fair because he had 35 games or whatever in AAA. It's, right. They just look at you differently now as a prospect than they did when I played. So got to ask yourself what's the definition of a top prospect and and just because they put you in your top 10 in an organization as one of your top 10 prospects other organizations could look at you totally different mike in saskatoon wants to know he said you've talked about how constantly trailing can affect the hitter's approach at the plate can you explain in a little more detail why uh why when it when it why an offense when it when it is trailing early? Why guys feel that they have to do more? I, I think it's because a lot of your teammates around you have brought it to your attention that, you know, like the leaders of your team. We heard Matt Chapman come out and say it. We heard George Springer come out and say it. It's a thing that they've had conversations about it. When it's drawn to your attention, that that's a that's a you need to change approaches. I think that's. I want to say this as nice as I can. I, I don't want them, or they shouldn't, because they're very talented. Make that an excuse. It, it, you can't control what the guy on the mound for your team is doing. You can only control what you're doing as an individual player. So you being able to go up and, and you think that you have to swing earlier in counts at pitches, pit, pitchers' pitches is nonsense for me. I think they guess too much. I don't think they look heater all the time. I think the error, the velocity, I think it's you got to reverse it. Look at how many strike three pitches they take right down the middle that are fastballs. That, for me, is a bad approach. That has nothing to do because you're playing behind. Did they, they were playing ahead yesterday. Did their bats look different? Answer that question for me. Nope. Mulvady had the same at bat. Bo had the same at bat until he got runners on base and, and he took a, you know, late in the game, got to 2-0, got a slider down the middle, something he could create backspin with and do some damage on. The bats look the same to me. Like, I had, like the, the hitting's very individual. Again, I say this. You have team meetings about a team chasing breaking balls. I, if I can't hit a breaking ball, you yelling and screaming at me, telling me not to chase yeah, it, that's... ain't going to help me none. I know that already. Like, you got to stay within yourself. What can I not do? Okay, stop worrying about that. Worry about what you do well. It's like that uppercut T thing with Vladdy. Kidding me? Dude, I hit almost 350 last year. Almost dropped 50. Continue to do what you do well and maybe adjust occasionally to what you don't do well. You do that because you have so much talent and more talent than the dude throwing it to you. You're going to have success. And I just, I, I get, I sometimes shrug my shoulders at that and just say, just don't say that out loud. Say we're a good lineup. We're going to figure it out because we have talent. We're confident. Say that to the TV. Say it. If I say it, people start believing it. If I don't believe it, you guys listening and watching ain't going to believe it. Yeah, there is the thing about, we love it. We love it in the media business when guys are honest we do i mean that's about that's where things. you get the sound clip but there are times where i i you know i i, I think of was it ryan tapera who stood up the one time and said he did i was, a, I was yeah a little timid timid's not the word and i'm not going to say the word yeah but he basically he didn't he, about the ninth inning he wasn't comfortable pitching in the ninth inning you don't want to say that you don't want your teammates to say it dalton pompey when he was here talked about Essentially questioned, yeah, uh, whether or not he was ready to be in the majors. And guys in the clubhouse heard it. I remember being in the clubhouse that day. And and guys in the clubhouse heard it. You, you know, I keep getting back to that lesson. We had one of my other shows, Curtis Joseph, 
Maple Leafs, longtime NHL goaltender, was in here. Great dude. Horrible post-game interview. And he said to me, you know, there are days where I felt that I wasn't at my best, but and I knew what my weaknesses were, but I, I sure wasn't going to let you guys or my teammates know about the weakness. There's no point in that. I want you to feel confident when I'm in the game for yeah. you. Yeah, and, and more importantly, feel that if there is an issue, I got the answer. I'm going to figure Absolutely. it out. You worry about what you have to do. That's it for Blair and Barker today. Jays have the day off. They uh, open a series against the Phillies tomorrow. We'll get you set for it. Rob Thompson, the manager of the Phillies, he might even join us tomorrow. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.